0: Thanks for checking out the Bridge Podcast. It's not a mistake you found us. We pray God speaks to you today. Check us out Sundays at 1030 a.m. For more information, go to sfbridge.org. talk about today in this paradox we're actually gonna do one more uh, sermon on paradox next week is i tried really hard to offend you guys last sunday and some people posted in comments they said the only thing that was offensive about last week's message was that you didn't offend me so i guess i need to step on toes harder no i'm not not planning on that um, but I've been praying. I've been asking God, what what do you want this week to be about? What do you want it to be about? And and the reason I played this clip and and I love this clip. It's hilarious to me. Um, the reason I I like this is because one, you're you like watching it and you feel almost guilty watching it. You know, like we're watching that in church, you feel almost guilty. And then there's a part of you that really likes it all at the same time. And, and we go through that over and over. And then today, you know, what happens is we 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 don't know. What we do with government right now, we don't know what we do with what CDC says, we don't know what we do with all of these things, and then we turn on the news to help us figure it out. And, and I kind of want to make today extremely relevant and very much practical to what's happening in our world. Did I ever think a few months ago that I would be preaching to a room filled with masked people? No. Okay. Did you ever think you'd be sitting in the church looking like a criminal? No. Okay. None of us did. Like it is so weird up here. Like it was weird just preaching to a camera, but right now sharing a message and not seeing any facial reaction or expression, it is so weird. Okay. Like it is. It is like awkward. I, the only person I know in here that what kind of face they're giving me is my wife, because she doesn't. She can wear a mask or not. Had it memorized for 25 years, so I can. I can see what that's all about. Um. One of the jobs that I used to have before I went into ministry was door-to-door sales. Woohoo! And uh, door-to-door sales stinks. It's an awful job, horrible job, but it paid really good money. And so I would go door to door, and we had to sell these little coupon books. And we'd sell for pizza places, and occasionally we'd sell for car wash places. And so our manager invited us in. We were a team, and we would do these little powwow meetings before we went out and sold these coupon books. And while we were in here, uh, he would kind of you know, tell us all how to handle objections. And so we were selling for a car wash that was a touch car wash. A car wash that, you know, what, what are those things called, like the little velvet things I don't even know what they're called somebody shout it out you know what they're called anybody no one does (laughs) all right what are they called Velvety things, the velvety things. Thank you. The velvety things in a car wash that come down. And they said we're selling for this company because these are much better than touch-free car washes. And I'm like, cool. And he said, touch-free car washes. What they do is they recycle the water, and then all the salt that comes off of cars in the winter in Minnesota sprays right back on to the cars. And he says, you need to have, you know, these velvety things, car, kind of car washes. And he says, you don't have those. Basically, you're not washing your car. And I'm like, oh, that's easy. And so we went out. We sold and and whatever. I don't remember how we did. But about six months later, I'm sitting in the same meeting. We have a new account with a new car wash company. And guess what is different about this car wash company? They don't have the velvety things. It's touch-free. Yeah. And so he goes, so here's how to handle it. When the velvety things touch the car, they can actually scratch and this and that. And I sat there. And what happened to me internally was, I I guess I just bought in hook, line, and sinker where I'm going, man, that's awesome. This company only sells for what they believe in. And then I I thought, you're all a bunch of whack jobs because you think that you can just turn whatever you want and say whatever you want to make it be what you want. And and I lost trust in the company that I worked for. And because what happened was whatever we could do to make a sale, no matter what was good for the customer, we would do. Does anyone feel like the media's made? Like that today? Anybody? Anybody? Bueller? Am I talking to the right crowd? Anybody? Okay, that should be all of you, all right? Now, if some of you are like, no, I believe what the media says, see me afterwards because I have a boot and a prayer for you, all right? But let me just give you some stats that are going on. And and this, I, I know you're sick of hearing about the COVID crap, but I want you to just bear with me for a moment because I want you to hear. What we are being told, what I'm being told as a pastor leader, I don't have a choice today for you to have a mask or not. Some of you are great. Thank you for being here. I've had many people say, see ya, when masks aren't required, I'll be there. And there's nothing, I don't have a choice in that, you know. And so, thank you for for being here this morning because... We talked about it this week, Pastor Derek and I, we were praying, and one of the things that we looked at is we had three options. We could either meet as a church, together like we are now, knowing that some people wouldn't be with us, but you're here, and that's what matters right now. And so can we just give God an applause that you're here right now? Can we do that? Because I want you to know that you matter. You chose to take your time and be here, to put on a mask, to come and sit here, and so I want to make sure that I'm valuing you and your time, and I want to give you something that I believe is relevant that God has for you today. We looked at having outdoor service, praise God that we didn't do that, because setting up and tearing down in the rain would not have been fun, and we looked at just going online, but... In my belief, my humble opinion, we read it over and over in the Bible that we're not supposed to give up meeting together. And the reason is, not that I've got it all figured out, not that you have it all figured out, but the fact that we need each other. Okay? We need each other. People need people. No matter where they're at. People right now are hurting. People are struggling to get through this time. People are all over the spectrum on, on what to believe, what to think, what to trust, all of it. They don't know. And, and I'm going to show you why we're, we're there right now. I just want to this this is this is not a peer-reviewed presentation, a master level collegiate speech, okay? This is based off of things that I've seen. And so what I don't want to share with you is a few headlines that are out in our media today, right now. Here's some of them. Okay? See C- the CDC calls all Americans to wear masks to help the spread of COVID-19. So the CDC has said that we're calling all Americans to do that. Uh, now some states have, have chose to do that, some have not. That is a headline within the news. Underneath that, we have some that say opportunists are trying to strike at risk by, rich by selling you masks that really don't protect at all. And so there's, there, it kind of goes against what the CDC is saying. Then there's, have you, have you seen or heard about the face shields? Okay, you know, and so it basically like be putting that on my head just in a smaller version, all right? We've always had one for our drummer. We don't want to see him or hear him. So um kidding, we love him love our drummers but they have the face shields here's two different articles okay uh face shields don't work as well as masks next one though is experts and by the way as i'm i'm not going to read through all these articles you can google them on your own if you want but experts split on face shields in the article they do not define what an expert is what do you do with that? The virus, here's another one, is starting to die and weaken due to herd immunity starting globally. Then next to it, cases are rising again in the United States. So which, which article do we believe? Which one do we, do we uh, may, maybe it's like this. Maybe when we grab the Bible and we open it up and, and there's something in there that convicts us, let's just rip that part out. We don't need that part. You know, that part of the Bible that's really hard. You know, I'm reading Isaiah right now. It's not my favorite book in the world. Um, And and, and there's parts of it where I'm like, man, Jesus, you really love the Israelites. What about me, the Gentile? Come on, I want to rip that out. And some of you and I have even had conversations about that. To me, it's going, well, which media source do I trust? who do I trust right now? Do I even, do I trust teachers? Do I trust parents? Do I trust leaders? Do I trust Pastor Chris? Do I trust Pastor Derek? I mean, be careful with Derek, he he likes weird foods. Just a couple more. Coronavirus ravaged Florida as they sideline scientists. Now, the headline could have stopped there, but it goes on to say this, and follow Trump. The next one, the left is rooting for the coronavirus because of election. Any of this new to anybody? Probably not, okay? Even if you, here's another one, even if you are asymptomatic, you are contagious if you have COVID-19. Right next to it, you can see it in Google and like the first set of things, you are not contagious unless you show symptoms. But which one is it? Which one do I believe? Okay, I I'm, I kind of feel right now like there is the king and these authorities and these experts. I don't know who they are, and then I'm like a peasant dude that's going, how do I how do I, how do I figure this out? How do I how do I learn who to trust? How do I establish trust? How do I how do I discern right now what is real and what's fake? Anybody with me? Any anybody? This little relevant right now. Good. Okay, like. Here's another one. The virus spreads through touch and through hands, so use your elbows. Uh, the virus does not spread through touch, only through particles through the air. Okay? which Who's right? These are both scientific articles that I don't know that they're peer-reviewed. Okay? Then we've got the next one. The best mask to wear, let's see if you've been watching the news, is the what mask? The N. N95, right? Okay, so we're supposed to be wearing that one. There's a shortage on it. That's really what they want: doctors and nurses and those, and some of you are that, and thank you, or, or those that are close proximity with people to have that. Okay. However, since there is not proper ventilation and not in all 95, N95 masks, they're not always required or recommended. So what do I do with that? Which, which kind of mask? Some say cloth masks work. Some say they don't. My wife made a really cool one that I lost at Starbucks last week. I'm a bummed about it. So it was, it was a Minnesota Twins one, and they, they won against the White Sox. Come on. By the way, totally off subject. This isn't even my notes. This, don't even, like, just ignore me for a second. But did anyone watch the baseball game last night with the Nationals and the, um, uh, the Yankees? It was so weird because they had ambient noise piped in. Like they had applauding and cheering and booing. And I'm going, that is just weird. Like it was so, it was like creepier than some like horror flick to me. It was just awkward. All right, back to the message. Okay, multiple cases right now of people receiving calls for a positive test result who've never taken the test. Have you read that one yet? Anybody seen that one? Okay, I'm the, there's countless. And then here's, this one is just from uh, last week. Florida numbers. Have you seen this in the news? Florida numbers between the state and the CDC have a discrepancy, and depending on which article you read, between 33 to 90% difference in their numbers. I don't know about you, but I'm going Trust my leaders? How do I... Why would you even trust... I wouldn't even trust me right now if I was in your shoes. I wouldn't trust anybody right now. Because that trust, for us and for you, in my opinion, it's been broken. Because what's happened is we're getting, like, two truths and a lie. We're getting a lot of good stuff, but it's there's never... It's never just given to us, it maybe is objectively, but it's so hard to discern that when we're not an expert, when we're not there, and then be really, really cautious and careful that when we do this, to trust in the article that you agree with, because what do we do with that article we agree with on social media? We post it for everybody to go, look what's happening! And we make ourselves look like a donkey, is what we do. Because we're not experts. We're not there. Even the experts aren't agreeing on everything right now. So, felt need is there. And what I want to do is I want to share with what we do about that. How do we go about living life? Because honestly, to me, that's not the issue that's that's with at us right now. The issue that's coming at us right now is what happens when there's mistrust in the culture. And right now, there's global mistrust. It's not just our nation. Mistrust leads to a few different things. Um, it leads to stress. It leads to anxiety and complete paranoia. Anybody know anybody with one of those three right now? Some of you are like, "Uh, I'm all three. (laughs) Like, you know, (laughs) all right. We've seen that run rampant because of the mistrust. And so I don't want to focus on the mistrust in the media. They have enough focus. What I want to focus in is how do we help ourselves, how do we help people, and how do we lead them to a life-giving message of the gospel of Jesus Christ that's the only thing that we can place our trust in. Can I hear a good amen through your mask this morning? Come on. Come on. All right. So here's the deal. The coronavirus is the cause of a global mental health crisis right now across America. I know this full well because I've seen it. I've seen people within our church. I've seen it within our city. In fact, we have had two people, unfortunately, lose their lives due to suicide in the last month within our city. People that have graduated. And it breaks my heart. I know it breaks Pastor Derek Hart when we see that we 've seen this global increase in domestic violence. Um, some of my friends are police officers, and they've said they 've never seen it so high ever in their life. The domestic violence that we 're seeing some of, and, and what 's interesting is as I was talking to some of these police officers, some of the domestic violence is actually the police officer and their wife because they 've had to deal with the, the race issue and they 've had to deal with um, the hatred and different things that have gone on and so you have all of this going on it 's the perfect like, storm for things to happen. For us to either give in to the anxiety, the fear, and paranoia. Or as we sang, to have a revival. To have a place where people come to the saving knowledge of a Savior. That's where I want to focus. That's where I want to be. Am I always there? No, I've, I've wrestled too with this whole thing, to be very honest with you. How do we know what to believe? How, how do we do it? You know, trying to find truth in a media source will always let you down. <laughs> it will. It'll always let you down. There's only one place that I know where you can find absolute truth. Just one. That's it. You know, and and I one of my favorite guys who I like to quote often. I've quoted him before. Is Zig Ziglar. I got to see him present live. Christian sales guy. He's phenomenal. Um, author. If, if you're ever looking for great leadership and a great man of God, um, he was phenomenal. And and one of the things that he said is he would wake up every day and he would read the newspaper and the Bible, so he knew what both sides were doing. I love that. <laughs> it's like the greatest thing. So let me give you just a couple thoughts this morning on what we do. What is our action step because we've got the felt need there is anxiety there's paranoia we can't trust media we don't know who the experts are and so what do we do how do we wrap that into place so that we can have peace because I don't know about you but the peace of Christ is supposed to surpass our understanding but I don't see it doing that right now and I think it's because we need to get back to the basics and the simplicity of the gospel and whom Jesus gave his life for us and that's what we need to do, is get back there. So let me just give you a couple of thoughts this morning. First of all, faith and trust are not blind. Faith and trust are not blind. Okay, how many remember that scene in Indiana Jones? You know exactly the step of faith? Okay, who hasn't seen Indiana Jones? Alright, you can go smack them. Alright, so, alright. Smacking you, smacking you. Alright, I got an elder and a pastor that needs smacking Okay, so... Here's Indiana Jones, okay, he's at the step of faith, and he's got to walk across, and there's nothing to walk across, and he takes this, he's got to take this blind leap of faith, and I'm not going to tell you what happens, but, because some of you haven't seen it yet, see it, and, and so he does this out of blind faith out of taking a chance and I have to tell you because I am skeptical by nature I would never just take a chance by well I'm thinking Jesus is the right God to follow so I'm just going to take a shot in the dark I'm just going to go for it that's not faith Faith is believing without seeing, but at the same time, the experience that you have with God, no one can ever take that away. And so if you're struggling to have faith or belief in Him, ask Him to show you because He will answer you every single time. Every time without fail. Pastor a friend of mine, Pastor Substance Church, it's an art church down in Spring Lake Park. He was a DJ, he was a rave DJ. He's DJing one night and he asks God, I've shared this story a hundred times. He asks God, he says, Hey, God, I don't know which one's the right one. Will you show me? Minutes, like minutes later, a guy comes up to him at this rave DJ party and says, Hey, I'm just supposed to tell you Jesus is the right one and walks away. Now he pastors one of the biggest churches in, in Minnesota because, not because it's about him, but because God got a hold of his heart and started transforming him internally because he He had an experience. So no one can take away his experience. And so to have faith, even though you can't see Christ, became even more real. We look biblically for thousands and thousands of devout Jews before Christ was born. They trusted in these promises of the coming Messiah over and over. The Jews, they waited years and years for this to take place. In fact, if you count them in the Old Testament, because I'm a nerd, so here you go, in the Old Testament there's actually 315 prophecies about Jesus that he fulfilled but here's the catch that's what most people don't realize do you know that those 315 prophecies in all the 37 books in the Old Testament were all fulfilled ready for this 400 years prior to Christ being born on earth so just imagine that you're a Jew. You're you know the law. You read it. You know, and all of a sudden you're like, that's that that's happened. This has happened. That's happened. All these prophecies about the coming of Christ. Okay, there's difference with with him being born and all that. And you're going, okay, we're waiting. It's got to happen any day now. It's got to happen. It's got to happen for 400 years. Those that started with the hope of the coming Christ didn't finish with the hope of the coming Christ, and so they passed that on to the point where they got to this place where like we're waiting. We're expecting. We want you to show up and so imagine the hope that they had in what Christ was going to do now we we have those today we have Jews that have become messianic Jews that believe in the fulfillment of Christ and what he's done to fulfill the prophecies and then you have some that haven't yet my hope for us those today would we put our faith and our trust in Christ not blindly not taking a step of faith going up. Ah, we'll see if it works but ask him Ask Him to reveal yourself to Him. Experience Him. There's a man called Henry Blackaby that did a phenomenal Bible study about experiencing God. If you're ever looking for that, it's phenomenal. It's old, but it's really good. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, it says this, Without faith, it's impossible to please Him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who seek Him. In other words, you can't just be like, Well, I think you're it, Jesus. I'm going to go for it. Because we don't have that relationship. Remember last week I said, hey, if you're not being offended by Jesus, probably don't have a relationship with Him because Jesus wants you to walk in obedience with Him every day, all the time, consistently. Here's the second thing. Trust is not a free gift. oh. Grace is. We talk about grace all the time. We don't talk about gifts in church that aren't free because we're all about grace. <laughs> but what about Trust. How many of you have ever given trust to somebody freely as a gift? Maybe sometimes you have, and sometimes it bites you in the booty. Sometimes it does. Sometimes it goes fine, but we're not supposed to have that blind faith. It's got to be earned. Okay? It's not a free gift. How many have ever gone to like a camp, or you've been somewhere where they have trust exercises? You ever had those? How many just love those? What, the, the biggest one that I hate, the trust fall. Oh. Anybody ever done the trust fall? You know what that is? Yeah. And you're still alive to talk about it. I almost wasn't. Okay? Trust. If you don't know what the trust fall is, you're up on like a platform and you've got people right here making a line with their arms like this. They're supposed to catch you. And so you take your arms like this, you go across, stiff as a board, and you just start falling back. You know, I was a scout camp, camp counselor, and we would do this on a raft, actually. And we would, you know, the kid would pretend like they're in name a name of Cookie, you know, Oreo, Oreo. And we would throw them off the raft. Like, we loved it. We enjoyed that. They knew that what they were signing up for. But here I am, trust fall. I'm with my youth group years ago. And they're all like, don't worry, Chris, we got you. But they didn't got me. I met that dirt so hard. When I landed, I was so frustrated. I'm like, really, guys? Like, seriously? Well, we got scared when you started coming. You're a pretty big guy, Chris. Thank you. I threw him all in the lake. I, I was just like, okay, so sometimes trust is really hard. Depending on your upbringing, depending on your family situation, depending on the relationships that you've gone through, trust ain't easy. Trust has to be rebuilt and earned and established you know, I had a family member once that I had a big issue with that I, we had to go through a forgiveness scenario and the person asked me, and said, okay, will you forgive me? Do you trust me now? No, I don't. I said, I forgive you, but I'm going to choose not to put myself in that place to get hurt again. It's not that I don't forgive you. I'm called as a Christian. It, it, you have to forgive. It's not choice as a Christian. But I get to choose whether or not to trust that person. And I chose... To protect myself. There's a great book by Henry Nouwen called Boundaries, where I just decided I'm going to protect myself. I'm gonna have boundaries. Trust is something that is given and can be broken or can be earned. But it's not a it don't don't just give it freely to people. I would even say don't give it freely to Christ, but realize He is waiting for us in that experience so that we can give Him our trust. Don't give the media your trust. Don't give the CDC your trust. Don't give our government your trust. Don't give me your trust. Only give Christ your trust. Okay? If you're ever in a place where you're not allowed to ask questions, you're not allowed to seek on your own, or any of those places, be really, really careful. You should always be able to ask questions. You should always be able to, to do research or, or to learn. Trust is not a free gift you know I love Proverbs chapter 3 verses 4 and 5 it says trust in the Lord if you know it say it with me trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding in all your ways acknowledge Him and He will make your path straight love that the thing about this is I don't have to have it figured out I get to trust in the person that already does I don't have to figure it out I don't need to he knows it. He sees the big picture in the puzzle. You know, we have a neighbor, and, and Amy, if you're watching, I used to think you loved our family, but you gave us a 2,000-piece puzzle. <laughs> I didn't touch it. I don't do puzzles. I hate puzzles. Puzzles are from the devil. But my family chose to do the puzzle, and I'm watching them, and they're doing it for hours. And, and I think we're kind of like that. We just see a piece of the pie, but we think our pie is the most important piece. And then we grab onto other things that agree with us and fit into our peace and our mindset where we're going oh i didn't i didn't see it over here this way i didn't see it that way but i got to go you know what i just got to trust in a puzzle when i'm looking at the big box that's what it's going to look like and how many know that you are a person of faith and trust when you buy a puzzle from goodwill right you want to know if you have faith or not you've done that i think often we talk about grace grace is getting something we don't deserve Mercy is not getting something we do deserve. But then there's this trust issue. You know, I love the story of Jesus. Here he is, and he's with his disciples. They're doing miracle after miracle, and they get in the boat together, and they head out. Let's just read it here briefly. The day when evening came, he sat, said to his disciples, Let's go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. Now, now before I read further, it says, There were, there were also other boats with him. Just Google sometime what this boat looks like, okay? We, we, we give the disciples a bad rap, but if you saw this, these boats look horrible. Like, I'm not going to the sea with this boat when you see it. No way. A furious squall came up. The waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion. <laughs> this, this is like awesome. Just Jesus is hilarious. The disciples woke him up and said to him, "'Teacher, don't you care if we drown?' got up. He rebuked the wind. And he said to the waves, "Quiet, be still." And the wind died down, it's completely calm. And then he said to his disciples, "Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith?" I love this story. I just imagine, like there's tornadoes around, you know, straight line winds. You know, you got like dolphins just flying by, and and Jesus is he's just sitting there and you know, just oh, you know just just enjoying on a cushion, okay? And the disciples are like. Jesus, we're gonna die! Look, like, we're gonna go it's, it's gonna, it's gonna be now, now. Here's what's crazy to me about this: How many times, over and over, did the disciples witness Jesus do miracle after miracle after miracle? What was wrong in the brain? Well, Jesus could heal a demon-possessed woman, but you can't calm a storm. Really? Really? Maybe it was only the disciples that keep Jesus in a nice little tiny box, or maybe we do too. Because we don't offer him that trust that he deserves sometime. I think we have to lean into him. God was there, and I want you to catch this. You know, everybody's talking about the storm, the storm lately with everything that's happening, all these storms that are going on in our lives, and I don't know, it's kind of overdone. But if you think about Jesus in this storm, where was he before the storm? Was he with him? Was he with him before the storm? Uh, was he with him during the storm? Was He with them after the storm? But He still chose to go through the storm with them. Whatever it is you're going through, trust that Jesus is with you going through it. When you're trying to filter everything that's happened in our world, stop filtering it through our measuring stick and use His. It's a lot easier. It's a lot freeing as well. Next, don't allow your lack of trust here impact your level of trust in Him. There's red flags of trust. How many, how many, when I just talk about trust, somebody has so broken trust with you that you just, every ounce of your being just tingles. Like, you're like, oh, Pastor Chris, if you only knew my story, if you only knew what I've gone through, if you only knew what I went through, if you only knew the memories that were coming up when you were talking about trust. I know, okay, the Holy Spirit's here. He's active. I know there's hurt. I know there's divorce. I know there's stuff that people have done to you that you haven't even shared with people. Holy Spirit wants you to be comforted. He wants you to be protected. He wants you to know you can be made whole in Him. This is a safe place to do that. It's a safe place to cling to Him. To hold on to that. And to allow Him to do that. But don't let the trust that was taken not get be given to Him that you have. You're called to trust in Him. You know, for me, red flags of trust, and I'm not saying this is across the board, but I have two. One is anytime there's an agenda... I don't trust. How many think just just by hand that Fox News has an agenda? If you don't, you're probably wrong. All right? How many think CNN has an agenda? Okay? How many think most media sources have agendas? Okay? How many think political leaders right now have agendas? And so I mean, and so here's the deal. So it's so hard to go, okay, they got an agenda. You know what Jesus' agenda was? It was come to live, die, and give his life for you and me. That was his agenda. And he did that well. And so I'm gonna put my trust there. Here's my other red flag. Is when somebody comes up to me and they do this. Oh Pastor Chris, just just two words. Just trust me. Anyone ever told you that? Just trust me. Just, just just, trust me. Trust me. It's going to be okay. Just, just trust me. <laughs> run, force, run. Get away from that. Okay, and I'm not saying that's every time. I love in the book of Nahum, he's one of our minor prophets in the Old Testament, prophetic voice speaking about the coming of Christ, and he says this in verse 7. says, The Lord is good. The Lord is good. It's hard for some of us to see that right now. It's hard for me to see that right now. It's hard to go, God, if you're so good, and you fill in the blank, why? Blank, 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 blank. God, if you're so good, why? Dot, 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 dot. It's easy for us to question rather than to put our trust there. Pray for that experience so it's easier to put your trust there. It's not a blind trust. It's not a blind faith. It's an experiential faith. It's an experiential trust that we put in Him. The Lord is good. A refuge in times of trouble. Can I hear an amen? He cares for those who trust in Him. Okay, He cares for you. Especially those who trust in Him. Here's the last point I want to give you. Never trust your tongue when your heart is bitter. You'll get there. Never trust your tongue When your heart is bitter. You know, I love how the book of James starts. You know how the book of James starts? It's my favorite, it's my favorite introduction to any book in the Bible. Because it literally, James is like the most punch you in the face book in all of the Bible. And you know what the first few words say? It's hilarious. It's the the most comical thing I've ever read in the Bible. It's as if any of you lacks wisdom. (laughs) Think about that. Anybody here lack wisdom? Uh, yeah, we all do. We all lack wisdom. It's like we all lack wisdom. We don't have it all figured out. And so I think sometimes we get in trouble. We get in trouble when we go, oh man, I'm mad at the CDC. Oh man, I'm ticked that I got to wear a mask in church. I'm ticked at this. I'm ticked at that. And what happens is out of our mouth comes the bitterness that's in here when God's saying, no, 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 time out. Just trust me. Trust me in the midst of it, he's got it. And what do we need to be able to do that? There's this word, it's a big word, it starts with the letter D and it ends in discernment. Anybody know it? Discernment! we got to be discerning. we got to know, is this good or is this bad? And what's so hard with discernment is what's known as objectivity. Because we're so subjective to what's discerning that we need to realize... To discern, we have to be objective. So our measuring stick needs to be the Word of God, not the Word of Chris, not the Word of Heather, not the Word of you, but His Word. Base it upon His Word. If you want to know where you're going to find truth, that's it. Not on some website, not on some media thing. It is the Word of God. Here's what it says in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 14. But solid food is for the mature. He's talking about the Word of God here. That's what he means by solid food, whoever wrote the book of Hebrews. For those who have their powers of discernment. I love that. You want powers of discernment? How many know you need the powers of discernment in today's culture? Anybody? You need them. You don't have them. Good luck when you leave. You need this power of discernment. How do you receive that power of discernment? Trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. This is a gift of the Holy Spirit. Gift of the Holy Spirit is the gift of discernment to know good from evil to know what evil is and to know what good is to know what a good spirit is and what an evil spirit is to know that not based on anything that we can do but that is a free gift that God gives us through the power of the Holy Spirit. Let me say this. When you are frustrated, when you are offended, like we talked about last week and by the way if you didn't listen to last week's message please do. Don't miss out on last week's message. You're going to say things you regret. I've said things I've regret. When we operate out of that, we often say things we regret. When we operate out of the power of the Holy Spirit, we say what He wants us to say, and we shut up when He wants us to shut up. I'm just curious, just curious, how many in the last couple months have had to bite your tongue in some sort of conversation at one time or another. Anybody in the last couple of months? If you haven't, you don't live in America. <laughs> so, so why do we do that? It's not by your strength you did it; it's by His. And allow it to be His strength that works through you constantly. You know, I love this story. It's a this true story of a man. This was years ago, before common you know weather instruments, but they had just made the barometer, and barometer shows pressure and storm pressure. And on this barometer, this gentleman you know purchased uh, it went all the way from you know zero to hurricane and it was out on the east coast he bought this uh, from a, a little like antique store brought it home uh, and kind of tech you know tapped on it to see if it was working because it just kept pointing to hurricane he's like this stupid thing doesn't work so it was a long day's journey a few days journey back to this place he bought it from you know before cars before all this and and uh he says look I I bought this barometer, and it just says hurricane the whole time. And and the guy's like, I'm sorry, I'm not going to give you your money back. You're stuck with it. Well return homes before Google and all that, his home was gone because a squall and a hurricane actually had ripped through the East Coast. And so I think sometimes we get the warning signs and we ignore them. Sometimes we listen to the Word of God, but we don't hear it or adapt it or apply it into what God is speaking to us. I don't want to be like the guy, you know, that's that's the hurricane. And I think sometimes what happens... We feel like we're in that hurricane, or we feel like we're in a storm, or we're trying to figure out who to trust, and which article to listen to, and what we do, mask, no mask, cloth, N95, what what do we do, how do we, you know, and, and maybe you and your spouse are on the same page with all that, what do we do? We've got to learn to trust in the one who does know what to do there. We have to trust in Him, even when you don't want to, even when it's hard. Trusting God's not easy. If the disciples that saw miracles couldn't do it right away, I think that's going to be hard for us too. And so we've got to practice it. We practice the discernment. We practice trusting in Him constantly as we move forward. Let me pray for you this morning. Lord, God, I'm just reminded of that story of the man on the house and there's a storm and the house is flooding and there's a helicopter that comes by and he says, no, no, I'm waiting, God, for you to help me. And, A boat comes by and says, No, 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 God, I'm I'm waiting for You to help me. Lord, You've given us a lifeline in Your Son. You've given us a lifeline through the power of Your Holy Spirit. Lord, forgive me, because I know there's areas in my life where I struggle to trust You in. I trust You, Lord, even when I don't know what to do or what to say. God, I pray that all of us would trust You before we trust anything else, You would give us the the peace that surpasses the the anxiety that's there, the stress that's there, that's unparalleled, that we haven't seen before. God, would You make Yourself known powerfully today through us, through our church, through those conversations we have, through everybody we interact with. God, if trust needs to be reestablished or rebuilt, would You rebuild it Lord, if forgiveness needs to happen, but trust can't yet, would that happen? Lord, meet us where we need to be met today as we place our trust in You. Jesus, and if there's those here today that are troubled or struggled to put their trust in You, I pray that You would give them that experience today. Before they put their head on their pillow and fall asleep tonight, they would experience You in a powerful way. So that they would know that it's only you that has absolute truth and only you that has eternal life. There's nowhere else and no way else. That they would have that and it can start now by saying yes to you. I love you, Jesus, and I pray that you would bless every family, every person that chose to walk in here today, every person that's listening online. Would you just bless these families today? I pray in your name, Jesus. We all sit together... Amen. Hey, can we just give God some applause this morning before we head out? Come on. Love you, Lord. Worship you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Say hi to somebody on your way out. Make sure you say it loudly. It's a little hard to hear with the Mass right now, I've learned. And so uh, we're not going to pump the music too loud. And, uh, yeah, just uh, be an encouragement to somebody this week as we continue to trust in Him. Have a fantastic week. And and just if you need anything during the week, please reach out to me or Derek. We love you all. See you guys. This has been a podcast of The Bridge Church. Have a great week. Stop in Sunday sometime and visit... If you would like to give, you can do so online at sfbridge.org. Have a great week.